Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Dan and Joe Score Show. As always, I'm Dan. And I'm Joe. Well, Joe, we left off talking about Mississippi State's triumphant first national championship in baseball and any other sport. And it led me to a old locker room talk favorite that we have uh, to a would you rather. And it's been a while since we've done it. It's one of the original ones we had. And I thought kind of came up with some good ideas for it based on Mississippi State's championship. As always, our locker room talk is brought to you by our client sponsor, Beach Ball Properties. Uh, right now, it is beautiful weather out here. It's a little bit uh, rainy, but it's keeping the heat down. And if you're looking for a great vacation in Gulf Shores or Orange Beach, it's actually not getting hit by the storm. Good time to give our good friends Hunter and Ginger a call at Beach Ball Properties and go have a ball at the beach. Sounds good. So, Joe, I was talking about it. We were talking about it a little bit in the last show. My first would you rather for you is if you're Chris Lamonis, would you rather continue to be the head coach at Mississippi State or had LSU come knocking at the door, LSU being the best college baseball job in all of college baseball, the most successful program, would you take the LSU coaching job or stay the coach at Mississippi State? So I would definitely times 10 want Mississippi State. And I think there's a couple of reasons for that. You know, we talked about in the last segment the facilities at State. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure like some L- our LSU fan listeners will talk about Alex Box Stadium and how nice that facility is. And it is, but I think that Mississippi State, with Duty Noble Field being uh, renovated recently, is just better. And there's just something about that stadium to me that doesn't feel as corporate. Like it's just more of kind of a home style approach. Uh, the fans are close by. Um, I just love the layout of the stadium. I love the energy level with the cowbells. If I'm a head coach there, objectively speaking. And then there's just something also, Dan, about the lack of pressure in Mississippi State now that you're if you're Ramonas and you've won a national title. You go to LSU, you suddenly have that sense of urgency to replicate that and win more national titles. If you don't do it, they're going to like, you know, uh, forget about you in a hurry. Like you'll be on the hot seat overnight. Whereas in contrast in Mississippi State, he pretty much has the key to the city at this point for as long as he wants it. Exactly, Joe. I'm with you on this. I think you chose correctly. If I'm Lamonis, I'm staying in Starkville. You had your national championship. You are now the guy that brought a school its only national championship in any sport, in the sport that it cares the most about. And you're right. I mean, he grew up there. He's, you know, he's very invested in the community. And I just kind of think that at this point, I mean, he almost is like worthy of like a lifetime contract. I think he can coach there as long as he wants to. And you go to LSU and guess what? You can win a national championship like Palmineri. And even if you still get to a high level and make a couple of college world series, if you don't win that next national championship, you're getting the ax. And that's what happened to Palmineri. And so why would you give up what you have at Mississippi State, which is he can go another 10 years and not win a national championship. And as long as he's still putting together a consistent product, which right now you've seen him three years in, he's going to the College World Series every year he's going to do, then he's going to be fine. So to me, it's just definitely a no-brainer to, to stay in Starkville and continue what you started. Yeah, I mean, I just cannot think of a job, if I was a coach looking, that I would want more in college baseball than Mississippi State for all the reasons that you articulated. Yeah, no, I think it, it's the great job right now. And I would have counted in college baseball to, like, Clemson right now. Like, people always talk about how Dabo would go back to Alabama if Alabama offered him the job. I really don't think he would. 
because I think he's got a better situation in Clemson right now where he's the man. He doesn't have to follow up anything. And he, you know, the expectations are what he set and, you know, he can be there as long as he wants to. I think it's kind of almost like a similar type thing to what Lamontis has now. Yeah, without a doubt. All right, Joe, what you got for me? So the first one I'm going to go with is um, staying in a sports context, but talking about the NBA with the NBA finals this year, featuring two small market teams. You know, you and I were talking about this during our show prep. Is you got Milwaukee and Phoenix, which mm-hmm. is kind of a nightmare situation for ratings for the NBA because they would prefer like an LA team, New York, you know, Brooklyn, Boston, those kind of teams made it to the finals. So I'm curious though, for you as a fan, would you rather watch a small market finals like this for a change, or do you prefer a big market um, finals for like a championship round? All right, Joe, since I'm not the biggest NBA fan, I would much rather see Lakers-Celtics. You know, I like to see the, the classic rivalries, the big programs in it. I don't mind seeing a smaller market team in it with another big market team and beating them. I like seeing that. Like, I liked when the yeah. when the Raptors went out and beat, uh, you know, Golden State. when they beat out and beat Golden State. That was something I liked seeing. That's a good series to me. In fact, that's probably my favorite one. I like seeing someone like the Lakers take on the Magic, or you know, you get one, you get one brand name and then one small market team. I think that makes for yeah. the best NBA Finals. This one, I mean, it's just it's hard to get me excited about the fact that you got the Suns and the Bucks. It's just not it's not registering with me. You know, I want to see a I want to see a Lakers. I want to see a Celtics, uh, 76ers, You know, the Heat, somebody like that. That that draws my interest a little bit more. It really feels like it's missing missing something, like I told you earlier. Like it doesn't really feel like the finals and also the star power, you know, it's just kind of weird seeing Chris Paul who all these years, you know, couldn't make it to the finals, and here he is. And then you have, you know, uh, Giannis in the finals for the first time. You got Devin Booker. I mean, you have some talented players, but you're you're like, you know, where's the LeBrons? Where's the Kevin Durant's of the world? It's it's like it's kind of a hollow there. I'm going to say that this year only I like this matchup for a change, but long-term, like year in and year out, I think it would feel kind of like a void if we had this, you know, for a few years in a row. Yeah, Joe, I mean, it's not bad to get a little bit of a a distance every now and then and change it up a little bit. But, you know, we're going to talk about tennis later. This would be like if you had a Wimbledon final that was two guys that never won it and you don't have a Djokovic, a Federer, or a Nadal in it kind of takes away from what you have in the finals when you got two guys that have never won it before playing against each other that just don't have uh, the viewership possibilities of putting a Djokovic or a Federer at all in it. Sure, sure. That's a good parallel. Um, but speaking of the Suns, Joe, this is a team that, in my mind, I, I, I honestly, the last time I remember the Suns being good at basketball and even like somewhat having thoughts about them was when Charles Barkley played for the Suns. So that leads me to this, Joe. There's two great basketball players that have never won a championship. I think that you can make an argument that the greatest two NBA players to never win an NBA Finals are Charles Barkley and Carl Malone. So I ask you, Joe, which of their careers would you rather have? Would you rather have Charles Barkley's career or Carl Malone's career? When it comes to basketball playing career, I'm going Carl Malone. You look at like 19 or 20 seasons – of basically never missing much time until his age 40 season with the Lakers. 
I mean, prior to that, he was playing like 82 games every year. He's the second all-time leading scorer of all time after Kareem. In just so many years, he and Stockton were just such a good duo. And so I think that what he accomplished with the consistency over two decades, I'm absolutely taking his basketball career. But with Charles Barkley, I mean, obviously he had the Hall of Fame resume as a player, but what he's been after basketball really to me is just added to it even more. I think you're right, Joe. I think it's a little bit of a trick question because if you want to talk about your career as a renaissance man, you got to go with Charles Barkley because I think he's made more A as an announcer and made the not not just uh, TNT NBA coverage much more exciting. I think he adds so much to the Final Four and to March Madness when he's on there. And I really think that yeah. when he's gone next year, it's not going to be the same. I'm not just not going to like like watching it as much. But if you want to talk about as a pure player and what they did, obviously Malone had a better career on the court. I mean, how many times did he make the finals with the the Jazz? I think at least three times, right? He never won it, but he got there that many times. I don't think Charles Barkley, I mean, I think he made what? He made one finals with the Suns when they lost to the Bulls, and that's it. Yeah. And that was the last time the Suns were in the finals in 1993. Right, exactly. So, you know, definitely a little bit of a trick question, but, you know, in my mind, I think they're the two greatest players to never win a ring. Yeah, I really can't think of anybody else. Maybe Elgin Baylor's in that category. But, yeah, those those two are definitely the, the prime candidates. Okay. What you have next? So I'm going to go outside the realm of sports and ask you a question about food. Okay. Would you rather enjoy a really good entree or a really good dessert? Mm. You know, Joe, I think I probably that, – that answer is different now than it would have been like five years ago. I think five years ago I probably would have told you dessert. But now as I get older, I tend to enjoy entrees a lot more than I do uh, desserts. Mm-hmm. I think I'll probably definitely go entree on it, especially if you're a nicer restaurant. I feel like you're definitely going to get more hay with your entree than you will with your dessert. Mm-hmm. No, I can see that. Like a lot of times with desserts, it's easy to please me with like a, some good cookies or like, you know, a sundae or a milkshake kind of thing, or even like, like a McFlurry or a Sonic Blast. Like I don't have to have anything that elaborate. But when it comes to entrees, you know, there's more thought process that I put into like what I'm going to eat and order off that side of the menu. Yeah, I think that's that, that's a good point. And you're right. I, I'm happier with a lot more basic desserts than I am with basic entrees. So that's a good point. Mm-hmm. All right, Joe, the last one I have, I guess I kind of went uh, all kind of, you know, coaching and players with my locker room talks uh, with my would you rather tonight. But I was just thinking about it in terms of, you know, I thought of, First, uh, the Lamonis issue. Then I thought about best NBA players never won a ring. So I went back to coaching, and I thought to myself, would you rather have the career of Tommy Tuberville or of Gary Patterson? Both coaches who probably should have won a national championship but never were given the opportunity and are now looking at this 12-team playoff and thinking, man, how many times would I have made the 12-team playoff had they had it? And who probably, you know, who would have a whose career would you rather have assuming the 12-team playoff was in existence during the time they were coaches. Now, are we able to factor in, similar to Barkley, the accomplishments for Tuberville as a senator? Absolutely, yeah. This is this is always an open-ended question, Jeff. It looks, it looks at both sides of it. Yeah, I think cumulatively I'm going with Tuberville. And another reason for it is Patterson, you almost forget that he's still at TCU. 
Like, I feel like a lot of his accomplishments were earlier in the 2000s and early 2010s. And since uh, TCU has joined the Big 12, I haven't seen them make as much noise, with the exception of that 2014 season when they were left out of the playoff and absolutely dismantled uh, our Ole Miss Rebels in the uh, Peach Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Joe, I think I'm with you on this. I think I would also go to Tuberville on this because you look at his career right now, he's only a year and a half into being a U.S. Senator. So he's got, you know, four more years on that one. And you always have a good chance of being a Republican in Alabama, being reelected. So he's got a chance to be a senator for a while. And you think about it, I mean, he had his 2014, which should have had a chance to play in the championship. If you even had a 14 playoff, they would have made it much less than 12. And he had a couple other teams while he was at Auburn. I think his 2000 team probably would have made the uh, mm-hmm. would have made the 12 team playoff. His 20 his 2006 team would have made a playoff, and I think his 2003 team would have too. So he probably would have made four to five playoff appearances. Oh yeah, I mean, just would have had so many opportunities. And you look at other sports. You know, Mississippi State would not have made a 14 playoff in college baseball because they were number seven yet they win the national championship. So we see history, you know, being rewritten if you expand the playoff through the years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is a great example of why 12-team playoff is a good job because Mississippi State showed that they were leaps and bounds the best team this year by what they did on the field. Without a doubt. And the last one I have for you, Dan, and I'm going to go back to sports, and we were talking about Barkley and sports announcers and commentators earlier. Thinking about this during the College World Series with Kyle Peterson, who's kind of the main like ESPN go-to analysis for college baseball. Mm-hmm. And I think about in college football, it's Kirk Herbstreit. You know, college basketball, it's Jay Billis, etc. So I want to know though, going football versus baseball, would you rather be Kirk Herbstreit or Kyle Peterson and like live their lives and their careers right now? Oh, Joe, this is a no-brainer for me. I'd go Herb Street a thousand times over because you think about it, you get to do the college game day with Herb Street. You get to go to the cool new venue every single week. You get to be there in the anticipation and just see everyone getting so riled up for whatever game it is, for Alabama LSU, for Florida Georgia, you know, Oklahoma Texas, and get to see like all these different groups of people that are all passionate about college football and how much they care, the signs coming out for it, you get the food that gets brought in from the place, and, you know, get to see Corso do the mascot head. I mean, that just, to me, like, Herbstreit has the coolest job there is. No, I think you, you definitely make a great case. It's really hard to go wrong with any of what you said. I'm going to make a case, though, for Kyle Peterson, and it's largely because, even though, you know, he's a person that a lot of people in college baseball know, I feel like he can be famous and still kind of be able to live like a regular life yeah. where he's not going to be as recognizable, you know, if he's out in public with his family, he can, you know, in the off season, I feel like have more freedom and not have quite like the same pressure and um, expectation of a Herb Street. You know, obviously it doesn't make it too much money, but, but I do think there's definitely a fulfilling uh, career and maybe not as much burnout um, for, for Peterson would be my case. That's a good point. I mean, Kirk Herb Street walks down, you know, the main road in Hattiesburg or in Mobile or wherever he goes, everyone's going to recognize him. There's going to be a lot of people that can be like, that's Kirk Herbstreit. When I go up, talk to him, get a picture, autograph. Kirk Herbstreit can walk by. I mean, Kyle Peterson can walk by my house right now. And if he walked for like five minutes towards me, I would probably then realize who he was. 
but I wouldn't like, you know, it wouldn't be like instant like if I saw Kirk Herbstreit walking near me. And most people might even think he's somebody else before they even realize it was him, you know. Yeah, that's a good Tell point. Him. All right, when we come back, uh, Joe's going to tell us a little bit about this uh, NBA Finals matchup between the two small market teams and the Bucks and the Suns. And uh, hang tight with us, and we'll be back to talk about that and catch all of our old episodes on Spotify. Just look up the Dan and Joe Sports Show. We're live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. And as always, I'm Dan. I'm Joe.